Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of Let's Talk Loyalty. Today, I'm chatting with Miranda Bliss, who is the Loyalty and Retention Manager for Adore Beauty, which is probably very well known, particularly to our listeners in Australia and New Zealand. Adore Beauty is actually Australia's number one online beauty, skincare and wellness retailer, a company that just went public on the Australian Stock Exchange in November 2020. Miranda has launched the Adore Society as the loyalty program for the business. And today she's here to talk with us about the loyalty proposition and some of its early success. So Miranda, tell me, what is your favorite loyalty statistic? So mine's actually from Adam Posner's 2020 for Love or Money report here in Australia, which shows that 89% of Australians aged Mm -hmm. 18 and over were enrolled in at least one loyalty program. And of those, one in 10 were enrolled in 10 or more loyalty program, which to me just seems wild. It's a wild (laughs) number. It is a wild number. My God. Wow. Yes. And actually, probably you and I are both guilty of that, I think, in being enrolled in more than 10. (laughs) At at least. At least, exactly. But we could say it's for professional reasons, huh? Not our our addiction to Yes, exactly. Always market racing. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. So listen, um, it's an extraordinary story of what you're doing with the Adore Society. Um, So we're going to tell listeners all about the incredible work, I suppose, um, of the whole brand. Um, But particularly, I suppose, the fact that the loyalty program is brand new. Um, I love the fact that I think you you launched in in just March this year. Isn't that right, Miranda? That is correct. Okay. And here we are just now in May. So um, so a couple of months in. um, so an extraordinary opportunity. I think I'm very jealous, actually, that you've been able to um, have this opportunity in your career for a completely blank sheet of paper and designing an entire program from scratch. So I think that the best first question for you is to give us a bit of your background and context and, and how did you get this amazing job? Sure. So after many years of working in marketing, I was actually inspired by my uncle's work who pioneered private label credit cards and the store card whilst at Paris. Wow. Oh my goodness. So, which is really crazy that it's all run in the family. So this actually led me to my first role in loyalty at JR Duty Free, which is an international duty-free retailer, Okay. Um, where I first redesigned the existing loyalty program and implemented things like partner benefits. Wow. Love it. So after a bit of a taste of loyalty, I moved to Vintage Sellers, which is actually part of the Coles Liquor Group, which is Australia's second largest supermarket. Okay. So there I managed the Wine Club Loyalty Program, introduced things like life cycle, experiential benefits for high value members. Um, and really, I mean, it was a, it was a really rich database mm-hmm. and healthy and healthy for suppliers as well. So it oh, was good I can fun. Imagine. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. And then in June last year, middle of COVID, I decided to actually follow my passion for the beauty industry. And I was lucky enough to join Adore Beauty. Wow. So it, Adore Beauty, um, for your listeners, is actually Australia's number one pure play online retailer. Mm-hmm. And 
We were actually recently just voted the top beauty retailer by Power Retail, which is very exciting. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, so I essentially was brought on board as the loyalty and retention manager. Mm -hmm. So in addition to looking after loyalty, I look after the email channel and all retention metrics as well. Okay. And I was really brought on board to design and develop the loyalty program for Adore. So yeah. launching within nine months of joining, designing and launching Adore's first yeah. ever loyalty program, Adore yeah. Society. Wow. Well, congratulations, Miranda. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it is, is, as I think I said already, it's a career-defining opportunity. Definitely. Um, and, and really extraordinary. And I think actually when we spoke before, you did, described it as as the dream role. So um, again, I always Definitely. get a little bit, yeah, total envy. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a gorgeous brand. And again, I was going through um, some of the uh, Adore Beauty um, information just again in preparation for our chat today. Um, extraordinary, I suppose, vision, first and foremost. Um, it always seems so obvious, doesn't it? When you kind of, with hindsight, you look back and go, why did I not do that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, I mean, starting in a garage, you know, over 20 years ago to yeah. a, a publicly listed company yeah. is is pretty crazy. I mean, Kate Morris, our founder, is an incredible wow. found. I mean, she is just so inspiring, but also very down to earth. You know, she, yeah, she, yeah she's very cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's really led us to where we are today. Fantastic. And even when I was looking at uh, the investor deck, just from literally from April as well, Miranda, I loved the fact that um, not just uh, obviously Kate is the founder, but your CEO and CFO were also female who were presenting to the investors. So I think that's Correct. just a, a vote of confidence in the um, the integrity of the organization. Just give Absolutely. them Absolutely. It's amazing. You know, I think we have to know our products before we can really market them properly. We do, but it's also, I mean, as a woman in business, it's nice to see women at that level succeeding. It totally is. It's really inspiring. Yes, yeah. So um, the journey, as you said, from a garage um, in 2000, in fact, I thought I was the only person talking about e-commerce in 2000, but uh, (laughs) clearly Adore Beauty was doing exactly the same. And then, as you said, a publicly quoted company. And again, just for listeners, some of the extraordinary statistics I saw was um, 497,000 new customers acquired in the uh, calendar year of 2020. So, yeah, while we all know that the world has been, you know, struggling, obviously, in so many ways and so many markets, it does seem that for a pure play online retailer, particularly with something that really makes people feel as good, obviously, as skincare and beauty products, that's just an extraordinary result. It is. And look, to your point, it was very much about self-care. It wasn't makeup. It was very much, you know, candles, great skincare, sexual wellness was also a very growing, fast growing category for us as well. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, again, clearly it resonated. So I I do think there's, there's a level of genius as well in marketing when we understand what the customers need. Um, And clearly as part of that, you know, acquiring a huge amount of customers is, is an extraordinary opportunity, very exciting, but then it comes into, I suppose, the whole loyalty proposition. How do you keep them? How do you retain them? And, um, yeah, so I think the obvious next question then, Miranda, is tell us about Adore Society and the whole proposition you've built for customers. 
Okay. So Adore Society members are really rewarded with unique and personalised delight. So they're selected for them based on their purchase history, favourite products, and of course, their beauty needs. So it's really, it's fueled by data from our cutting edge technology and of course, insights from our daily interactions with customers. Okay. So Adore Society members can expect all the usual perks like birthday gifts, priority access, as well as competitions, promotions and invitations to some incredible money can't buy experiences that are coming up. Okay. The program is structured across three levels. Yeah. And these exclusive benefits will be progressive progressively unlocked by members as they move through each level. Mm. So, for example, a Level 3 member is actually able to treat themselves to a reward on any chosen day of the year that is special to them. Ah. And and as well as enjoying free express delivery on all orders regardless of spend. Wow. Lovely. We really listened to our customers who told us that they were looking for something unique and personalised and that's how Adore Society came to be, a program that's really about rewarding you for being you. Mm. So, you know, going back to Adore Beauty, which uh, motto is whatever makes you you. So very, very uh, interconnected. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's very much aligned with the zeitgeist as well, Miranda. I think, you know, it's just there is, um, I, I suppose, an increasing uh, respect for people um, at an individual level. And Definitely. And maybe it is connected in some way or, or maybe um, just um, accentuated by the disconnection of the pandemic and the fact that so many of us, you know, have felt maybe isolated or whatever. So so the fact that you're able to just kind of recognise them uniquely as, as individuals, I think, is a lovely starting point. Definitely. And I think really um, sort of goes back to the Adore Beauty values as well. Okay. That we okay. live and breathe every day. Okay. So it's not a points-based program, which um, I think is always a bit startling to uh, to (laughs) so many of the loyalty community, including myself, because as many listeners will know, I came into loyalty through the partnership side, you know, negotiating, you know, extraordinary benefits for for, um, for telco customers. Um, So to me, it's it's really obvious that there's lots of models. It's not just points and prizes, but it's a big decision, I guess, in something, um, I suppose, you know, like beauty, where it's you know, it's obviously a commercial business at the end of the day and you are recognizing and incentivizing spend. So so where where in the decision making, I suppose, did you decide that you didn't want a points-based program and you wanted to focus on this um, that's this other approach with experiences? So for me, it was decision made very early on. Having worked in a number of points-based programs, I really had seen firsthand how confusing it can be for customers to keep track of points and really understand what the value of points are. Um, What I also found in most other retailers is that the majority of members never actually earned enough points to receive a reward. So there's not actually that value there. Um, The administration required to maintain points within a business was always very laborious. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the significant liability for the business. Mm, So for me, it was always very, very straightforward. I knew that I didn't want it to be an overly complicated program. And this is really where we sort of landed on the the three levels. Mm. And instead of being points-based, we've looked back at your previous 12-month spend. Mm -hmm. So existing customers are immediately qualify into the level that they um, qualify for. So it looks back at their 12-month spend, so they're not starting from scratch. 
Okay. That's a lovely one, actually. And and is that something that's done um, at the moment of registration, Miranda, or does it take time for the, you know, the, fr- from a, you know, a sign up for, for the, um, you know, that, that search to go back? Like how quickly are they enrolled at the correct level? A matter of minutes. Oh, super, super. Yeah. Okay. So that sounds like a bit of a, a bit of tech development behind the scenes. Might be. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's brilliant. And actually it reminds me, I was, um, I was writing about a program recently and I can't remember, it was a US uh, F&B brand, but it explicitly said that you do get a birthday treat, but not for any birthdays in the past, which I thought was his. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but Fair you enough. know, I, I feel like I deserve every year of my life but um yes but <laughs> I thought that was funny but no I think in your business as you've said and I suppose you know particularly going public as a company um and with this what is it almost half a million new customers so to make sure that they don't feel like they've missed out because the program's just been launched so so they get the best, best of both worlds absolutely yeah Wonderful. So, um, so just for, for listeners, I know you've talked me through the three tiers, but the first tier is up to, if I'm correct, 399 Australian dollars in terms of the 12-month spend? Correct. Then okay. level two is $400 to $1,499. Okay. And then level three is $1,500 and over. Okay. And then just on the reward side, so you mentioned uh, a couple of things, obviously the upcoming exclusive event sounds like something secret you might be able to tell us about, but that we, <laughs> we all want uh, to yeah, A little bit of a surprise that members will need to stay tuned for. Okay. Okay. Well, it's important to, to, to tease just a little bit, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so what do they, so you mentioned birthday rewards, but let's say I progress from tier one to tier two or tier three. What exactly is it that I would experience as, a, as an Adore Society member? Sure. So as you move up the levels, your actual vouchers increase. So you okay. start off on level one and it's a $10 voucher. Level two is $20. Level three is $30. Mm. We also extend the expiry that you have to redeem your vouchers. So okay. as you go up, you have longer mm-hmm. to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, the minimum spend required for express delivery is also reduced as we Ah. go up. So for level two, it's $35 and there is no minimum spend for level three. Lovely. Um, It changes around the sort of access you get to Money Can't Buy experiences as well. So level two will receive priority access and level three will actually be treated to invite only events as well. Okay. Um, Level Sorry. Sorry, for the sake of clarity, uh, you know, again, I think Australia is very much out of any lockdown. So when you talk about those events, Miranda, are they in-person physical events? They'll definitely still be a combination. I mean, our states, although we are living a fairly normal life, um, things are changing all the time. And I think also the convenience of virtual events has just just really accelerated around the world, as everyone would know, but also for for us means that we can include people in all states around Australia and New Zealand. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, two countries, huh? Definitely. Yeah. Wonderful. Can't forget yep. our Kiwi friends. Oh, for sure. Yes. I have some very dear Kiwi friends. So um, so that's <laughs> awesome. Um, and then just, I know there's a focus, Miranda, as well on, on building a community and within skincare and self-care, which is actually what I'm hearing coming through as the proposition. What does the community aspect of the, of the program look like? 
So this is something we're really um, always been very focused on and um, it's something we will continue to build. So it's really trying to create spaces and opportunities for our community to come together, to share knowledge and experiences. Okay. I mean, one of those examples would actually be through our podcasts that we have run. Okay, yes, and we have briefly talked about this and and actually I've told a lot of people, Miranda, that um, this extraordinary beauty brand, which is, I know, number one in Australia, has uh, not one but two podcasts, which is just totally um, a revelation, I think, for me, uh, given that the assumption I would be, I would guess, would be that everything would be done on YouTube or in video format. So tell us exactly about the, the, the whole podcast side of the business. Sure. So, I mean, we have an incredible content team mm. um, who bring to life the, our Beauty IQ and our Skincare School podcast. So we've had um, lifetime downloads of over 2.3 million, which is just wow. crazy. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And the audience really invests in the personality of the podcast as much, if not more, they invest mm. in the education that they receive as well. Yeah. So they're very organic, they're led by some incredible hosts. They're not driven by the brands, which I think as a beauty retailer is really important. Mm. Um, and the topics discussed are really driven by the audience interest. So the, you know, the, the team sort of puts out feelers to see what people are most interested in, what's trending and bring to life these really incredible podcasts. Incredible. Well, they're top of my um, my list to listen to, Miranda. Um, I literally w- was looking them up before we came on air. So, so I want to credit your content team for um, for a visionary delivery because two point three million downloads um, in in a very busy uh, world. I think it's extraordinary to get that kind of listenership. So, so I suppose what it proves first and foremost is that they're adding value. And um, I know for myself, even though I went to beauty school, would you believe back when I was. Um, (laughs) straight out of school but I feel like I've lost it all you know it's it's far too long ago to remember but also obviously the technology is changing in terms of how to take care of ourselves so so I saw some fantastic topics there so so uh, Beauty IQ is one podcast and Skincare School is that the two names? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so we'll make sure that listeners, I'll link to them as well in the show notes, Miranda, so people can con- connect, absolutely. So I guess my, my, my next kind of thing to ask you, um, really just what lessons you might have learned, um, given that you came in, as you said, June last year, already in pandemic times. And from memory, I think Australia had quite a severe uh, lockdown at that particular moment in time, am I right? We did. We had a very strict lockdown, I mean, for for a very long time, which was very tough, but it worked. And we're all very grateful for it now in hindsight. Beautiful thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, But yeah, look, as you can imagine, joining a company during a global pandemic remotely, launching a program, I mean, there was a lot of learnings that I I gained from my time. Mm Mm-hmm. I think for me it was really about communication. So, you know, you couldn't just sort of turn to people and ask them a question. Communication and bringing people along for the journey was really critical for buy-in and support of the program as well. Mm. It was obviously something quite new to the business. It wasn't something they'd done before. And we really need to go sort of in a staged approach to get the support and the financial backing as well. Okay. Yeah. So 
Other great insights, I would say, is from the market research that we conducted in the very initial stages. So basically, we developed the program and we partnered with an agency here called Tigarage mm-hmm. and worked on online forums and focus groups to really nice. understand what was resonating with both existing and potential customers. Mm. And what we got from that was that there was tweaks that really were required to bring the program to its greatest potential. But what I found really incredible was just how passionate the panel was about little things like the use of particular words all the way up to the type of benefits that they were motivated by. It was very clear. They knew what they wanted. They knew what would motivate them. Um, What we could see that those that were sort of newer to the program or lower spenders were very financially driven. Mm -hmm. But as they moved up, they were much more motivated by sort of the community aspect and the experiential benefits. Yeah. Wow. And there's a few things in that I'd love to pick up on. Um, I've never heard anything expressed about the words, but as somebody who's passionate about all forms of communication, be it, you know, I do write obviously um, about loyalty as well as podcast about it. Are there any particular words that you, you know, off the top of your head, remember that they they did or didn't want to, to see coming through? So there was a couple of areas. There was both around um, gender neutrality. So they wanted to make sure that the the tier names that we had originally proposed, which we decided to remove, were not too feminine. Okay. And they didn't want... They they were concerned that we would um, alienate the male shopper. Okay. And then the other thing that they found was that, so we looked at other sort of tier names that were about, you know, whether it's a beauty newbie or a beauty expert. And what they said, which came out very clearly, was that just because you're spending a lot on beauty doesn't mean you know anything about it. Okay. Wow. Which I thought was brilliant. And, you know, you sort of have these ideas in your mind, but to see that play out is, um, is really interesting. And I love that they feel so strongly about it, Miranda, because first of all, again, a credit to you guys for doing the research, for listening to what's being said, for accepting it, uh, because I think a lot of the time, you know, we tend to defend our ideas or our expectations around how something should be positioned. Um, But I think, I mean, I know Australia, for example, would be considered quite a mature market in many, many different ways. But I love that they were happy to say it and and are, are being heard. Oh, absolutely. And look, that that's something we've always been very passionate about. I mean, we yeah. see feedback coming through from our customers every single day that we're all aware of, we all take note of, we feed into future plans. So, mm-hmm. I mean, our customers are the, are the lifeblood of our business, absolutely. Incredible. Yeah, it, it really is a lovely approach. And I mean, at the end of the day, I think everybody listening to this podcast always has customers front and centre in, in their mind. Um, but I do think when we then maybe go to our board of directors or whatever, there's a different language of, you know, just to, to remind people that that's really the approach, the only approach that's going to work. So, um, so I, I think it's an extraordinary one. And again, not just for pure play online retailers, um, perhaps a little um, more obvious. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, for everyone. And and another thing as well, I saw on the Adore website, actually, Miranda, which um, which I thought was uh, genius. And I can see again it coming through in, you know, whether it's the community proposition that you talked about or the communication side. But it was the fact that um, the whole business is based on education and entertainment, even if you're not looking to buy any products. 
Yeah, I mean, we have an incredible content resource and this is everything from on-site content, social, but also our customer experience team are, you know, trained makeup artists and hairdressers. They are just a wealth of knowledge and Mm. always Mm. willing to support. And, I mean, some of the relationships that they have formed with customers, I was speaking to some of the girls during the week and it's just incredible. Mm. it, it, It really is a community vibe. Wow. Yeah. And people feel that as well. I know, Miranda, um, you know, I think, again, we're all very um, attuned now to a brand's voice. And, you know, if it's coming through with integrity and, you know, first of all, to have an entire content led business strategy, obviously, once the the basic amazing products are in place, I think that's always extraordinary because then it is you just have have stuff to build on that people really care about. Agree. I think it's very unique. And and that also came through in our research that, you know, people viewed our brand as, you know, not as a hard sell, which is very important to us because it was there to support, to to educate and to, you know, sort of guide you through your beauty journey. Yeah. And one place I saw it specifically coming through, Miranda, and it just shows that, um, you know, the attention to detail really does matter. Um, and it was, again, with the, your own program with the Door Society, um, it mentions birthday gifts. And I've always loved this idea because I remember seeing actually not that long ago on LinkedIn where somebody posted, you know, asking how effective is it to send out a discount voucher to somebody on their birthday? And I'm like, can you not just give them something like it's their birthday? Yeah. You know, Absolutely. this is. Absolutely. Yeah, it's time for you to treat yourself. Exactly. I mean, I know, I know personally I use every voucher I get for my birthday. I'm a big yeah. sucker for them. Wow. Wow. Brilliant. Um, and I know you've launched a, a new app as well, Miranda. Uh, so um, just to kind of get a sense of exactly what is it? Is it purely for the, the loyalty side or is it a full app for, for the business? No, it's a full app for the business. And again, it's very content driven. Okay. Which it's, it's not, I mean, you can definitely shop on there. Um, loyalty at this stage is not integrated, but it will be very soon. Okay. But a really great resource for all your content needs. Mm, wonderful. And I, I, I always find that these things aren't always available to check internationally, but hopefully I'll be able to. Uh, to this l- is true. Yes. yes. Log in and have a, look, <laughs> have a look. So I definitely think you've got the, the best of both worlds going on, Miranda. Um, my final, I suppose, question was to get a sense of maybe what are you measuring um, and monitoring? I know you can't give us figures. and uh, There's one that is, I know, publicly available around just the numbers of signups, which I'm sure is your, your first one to check um, on a weekly, if not daily basis. Um, Absolutely. So uh, 50,000, I think, is the number that was shared with investors uh, just in April, which would have been, what, three or four weeks, I guess, just after launch, maybe, maybe four or five? Yeah, about about four weeks into the program, which wow. um, we're obviously thrilled with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of Average order value as well for members versus non-members. We can see that there's an uplift of over 21% already. Oh, goodness. And then from a frequency perspective, it's over 56%, which is just crazy. So some really positive results coming through already. My goodness. Wow. And I I would say that's well in excess of of the KPIs you set yourself, is it? Oh, look, I'm pretty pleased. Oh, my Very. goodness. <laughs> no, no, I'm thrilled. And, you know, it's nice to know that all the steps we took to get the program live has really paid off because it's resonating with our customers. Yeah. Anything you wouldn't do again, Miranda, given that, um, you know, everything that was going on at the time? 
I probably just wouldn't try and do it during a global pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, with that advice, I think uh, I think it's a fabulous story. I love what you're doing. I love the integrity around it. I think that's the single biggest thing that's coming through. And the simplicity, because I know that was a key goal that you, you set out to achieve uh, and you definitely have done. I don't have any more questions from my side, Miranda. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up? I think the only thing is just how overwhelmed I've been with the support from the loyalty community, which I think is really special in a fairly small community, but I've really, it's really been felt. So I am very grateful. Wow. Yeah. And I know you've had incredible attention, certainly um, in the Australian market. Um, we've already mentioned our, our mutual friend, Adam Posner. So we'll give him a, another mention now. And <laughs> yeah, so I know, again, the whole community there in Australia is extraordinary. So, um, so brilliant. And hopefully this podcast will help with building the Adore Beauty and Adore Society profile with a global audience. So Definitely. Wonderful. With that said, um, I think that's everything from my side, Miranda. So I will literally just say Miranda Bliss, Loyalty and Retention Manager at Adore Beauty. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thanks, Paula. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.